Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Hey guys, I am so excited to talk about Grammarly. I can't tell you how many times I have needed this program and now I'm using it all of the time. I used to constantly just check my work over on my own and rely on Word or my computer to catch it. And I will tell you that has not been enough, especially if you are needing to communicate with your email list, with your team, if you're constantly posting on social, or maybe you're like me and you were writing a book or a blog and this could have been massive for you in saving your butt a couple times. So whether you're communicating with your team online or working on a project, it is the digital writing tool you can rely on to get your message across clearly and effectively. It works across multiple platforms, including your Gmail, your Google Docs, and Slack. And I'm telling you guys, words can make a big difference if they're typed incorrectly or used incorrectly in what is understood and what is also done on your team in your life and how your listeners and your audience are understanding it. There's way more to writing than just catching your spelling errors. And Grammarly is going to help you write confidently 
no matter where you are. And I don't know about you, but I absolutely did not do really great in English. So I can use all the help I can get. And it teaches me as we go as well. It's a digital writing asset that helps more than 20 million people put their best foot forward. So signing up for Grammarly is free. It gives you real-time spelling and grammar checks as you write. It works where you work so you can communicate clearly and confidently on every single platform. So Grammarly Premium, if you want even deeper insights on your writing, is going to give you advanced feedback on your tone, on your word choice, on your punctuation, and more. I'm telling you, if you're doing big projects or a book like I was, this would have changed the game for me and saved so much time. So this has helped me elevate my writing by not only catching different things, but just even being able to know if I'm quoting someone or something, it actually helps you catch it and helps you cite where it is from. It is so insanely intuitive that this is a beautiful way to save time and feel confident about what you're putting out. So you guys, Grammarly Premium helps you write like a pro with advanced real-time feedback. It's going to help you level up your writing, whether that's school, projects, whatever that looks like, social media, books. It's the perfect writing tool for anyone who wants to stand out with every single word. So you guys get 20% off Grammarly premium when you sign up at grammarly.com forward slash happy. That is G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com forward slash happy. You guys, 20% off for you if you're going to do Grammarly premium. Again, that's grammarly.com forward slash capital H, capital A, capital P, capital P, capital Y. I wholeheartedly believe that art is powerful and that you don't need to be an artist and or creative in order to experience it and experience the healing power of it. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Hey, everyone. I'm so excited for today's guest. We have Arielle Astoria on the podcast. She is an amazing spoken word poet. You guys know that I am obsessed with spoken word. She's an author, a dance party enthusiast, an MC. She's an awesome event host, a speaker, a model, an actress. Her motto of words, not for the ears, but for the soul, stems from her dedication to remind her audience that words are meant to be felt and not just heard. Ariel's first EP, a collection of music and poetry called Symphony of a Lioness, is now available on iTunes or Apple Music. She's the co-author of two self-published 
collections of poetry, Vagabonds and Zealots 2014 and Write Bloody Spill Pretty in 2017. They can both be found on Amazon.com. She's made of sass, good intentions, and has a deep love for car karaoke. Um, Me too. Brunch and flowers. This girl is totally speaking my language. You guys are going to love everything she has to say and the poem that she shares on here. So you guys get ready. This was such a soul-filling, amazing, nurturing conversation for me. And I know it's going to be for you as well. Ariel, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay! I lit. Okay, number one, I fell in love with you just a, a second ago for telling me how to actually pronounce your name, and that's how <laughs> that's how Sebastian says it. So yes, yes. I don't know it about works you, every but time. the hardest decision growing up was like who was going to be Ariel when mm-hmm. you were, you know, playing make believe in the totally. lake or ocean. And I just kind of like got, I just won every time because I'm you like, you literally cannot won. take my name from me. I'm sorry, you can't. You you won the <laughs> Disney princess lot. So. <laughs> yes. Oh, all right. Well, I feel like I've, I've known you for a while just because I followed you for a while. And I love creative people. People who mm-hmm. are now, I believe everybody's creative, but I love people yeah. who are bold enough and brave enough to put themselves out in the world in the way that I think, you know, poets, authors, artists, creatives do, because it's really like exposing a part of your soul that I think a lot of people keep hidden. So Mm. for you, what was that? Like, how did you know that that part needed to be exposed? Yeah. Well, for me, it was really, I have always been creative. Um, I, I don't know how not, how not to be, Mm. um, and so I knew there was this very innate part of me that no matter what quote unquote practical thing I tried to do or tried to get myself involved in, I always came back to, but how could I make it creative? Mm. Um, but how could I make it beautiful? Um, but how can I kind of um, not cheat the system, but kind of just like tweak it a little bit? Um, and so even for me, I went to an arts high school for 10th grade until 12th grade. And so I transferred midway. And so half of my school was split. I did academics from eight to 12, lunch from 12 to one. And then I was in school like a college student until 4.30 or five, but working on my emphasis, Mm -hmm. um, which was theater at the time. And so I loved that balance of the practical, if you will, but then also the creative and the artistic. And I took that with me into college thinking that I wanted to do theater and psychology so that I could do art therapy for kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I kind of say I do art therapy for like humans. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of fun. But I always kept trying to find ways to do the creative thing, have a structured skeleton, if you will, to something, but then also be able to like weave glitter in between there. I'm a left and a right brain creative. And so I like structure. Um, like even in this madness that we're experiencing right now, I, I still have a remote social media job, you know, that mm-hmm. is, is structured. They, they tell me the things to post, you know, and, and to write and it's still creative. I still have a freedom in it, but I also know I will be getting paid on Friday. <laughs> like I also know um, that I have events to show up to and when to show up. And, and so I love I still love structure. I still love organization, but I also love the fluidity that creativity and that um, artistry kind of brings about. So I've always very much so been 
both of those people. Mm, I love that. And I truly... So I, I feel very much like a creative, but without my frame, I just feel like this run-on blob of a painting that doesn't have anywhere to go. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I yeah, totally learned that yeah. when my husband and I did ballroom dancing and it was like, as much as his frame drove me crazy because we were learning together and I was just like, you're doing it wrong. Like without <laughs> him, I couldn't really flow in the dance and I couldn't be held to be free to like right. do what I wanted to do. So I love that you talk about that because I think it's so important, especially mm. for creatives. Um, there's so much I want to dive into with what you just said, but I'd love for you just to elaborate on the importance of creating structure for your cre- creativity or I don't think it comes out. Right. Yeah. Well, so much of it is like one, um, a lot of times, especially with artists and creatives, when they think of structure or, or organization, mm. it automatically sounds super limiting, right? <laughs> um, so the first thing is to um, is to take that context out. It's not limiting. In fact, it could be an expanding part of your art. Mm. Um, if you give it, if you give it a pool in which to swim in, if you give it a, a space in which to exist, the potential to go outside of that space is even more. Great. Greater. Um, is and so I think for me it's like I I like cleaning my apartment. I like having rhythms. I like waking up, working out, doing. You know, I like things that are structured and organized because I feel like because of those things I can be more creative. I can be more fluid within this, which is why I say instead of you know a structure or or organization, it truly is a skeleton of something. Um, if you think of how we ourselves are, are made and designed, we are first and foremost a skeleton, and then we were skin, and then our bones, and then flesh, and and all those things, and, and lungs. And so for me, it's like I'm adding more to the tapestry by mm. first having that skeleton there of structure, of organization, of consistent rhythms. And I do that a lot of times because the process of writing for me is is really not a process. It's a lot like what you said of, of being an, a blob, um, a painting that kind of overlaps. It's very fluid. It's very like, right now, I need to stop talking to you because like I need to write this down on my notebook. <laughs> or it's like right now, like in yoga and it's just like laying there and I just, it's like this influx of just word after word. And I sometimes will leave class because I'll lose it if I don't. And so it's a very, that process itself is not structured. It it is not organized, um, which is why I think I too will create these other rhythms for myself where I can allow myself to be fluid within that. And so the first thing is to take away the limitation aspect of it um, and instead use it as an expansion. Like you're setting yourself up to go beyond limits almost Mm. um, by giving yourself that permission to stay consistent. And that's really what it is, is consistency. That's what um, structure um, and organization is. It's this consistent habitual rhythm. And and that's what our creativity should be anyway, is consistent and habitual. So much so it is the same writing a poem feels almost the same as it does for breathing to me. I don't think about it. Um, I know that I'm capable of doing it. And when I need to really tap into it, I do so. And so I think that is something that for me, I've because I'm an oldest child and I just kind of grew up with very much so like we Enneagram three <laughs> wings. Um, I, I can't help but not have the, okay, there's no organization here. How do we create it? And then how do we have fun and how do we um, embrace the fluidity of that? 
Mm, okay. So I want to go a little deeper on that because I think for so many people, you know, we we run a lot of different masterminds where we get to work with a lot of either, um, you know, more beginning entrepreneurs or elite level entrepreneurs. And I'm telling you, this is still the thing that people struggle with is yeah. how do I create structure within something that I feel I need to be inspired for and needs to feel very free. Mm. And I do just like you said, that actually was just like, I feel like we could just end the podcast there because that was so powerful. <laughs> like I do feel like giving it a container, although it feels in the beginning like very constraining, it's mm-hmm. it's like pure freedom if you keep showing up for it. And just like you right. said, um, something else I just real quick want you to hit on is like, you know, even with your poems, like I know that you had said, you know, even one word can kind of give you that like outline and skeleton to follow. But mm-hmm. without it, it's almost like art is connected to everything and creativity yeah. is connected to everything. So if you don't give yourself boundaries or a container, right. it's almost too immense. Right. And then that is when we become distracted. And um, that is when maybe we bounce from project to project. Like I was just talking about um, this with someone the other day about how um, when I clean my house, um, if I if I don't go at it with a plan or, <laughs> or with a structure, then I will bounce in every single room. And then what I picked up in one room, I'll bring with me in another room. Mm. And then I'll go into another room trying to clean that. And then I will be like, oh, wait, didn't I just, I was supposed to bring something here and I forgot it in the other room. And then I'll just, I'll do that Mm. loop until I have to realize this is not productive whatsoever. (laughs) Um, You're not actually cleaning anything. In fact, I think you're making a a bigger mess Mm -hmm. for yourself. And so I think applying that, like I'm going to go back into this one room and I'm going to work on my office and I'm going to clean my desk and I'm going to put stuff back on the bookshelf and I'm going to clean the fact that I my second bedroom is also it's my office it's where I shoot so I'm going to I'm going to get things settled I'm going to put stuff back on the walls and then I'm going to go in my bedroom I'm going to make my bed I'm going to light my candle so you allow yourself within that structure to do the intent mm. of that space so and good. then you're able, like once my house is clean, I create, like the candle is lit, the essential oils are diffusing and I am like ready. Like I've (laughs) set up a space where my mind, because our bodies and our spaces reflect our minds a lot of time. Um, And I know I've had a chaotic week because my house looks chaotic. So (laughs) I go in that space and, and and I clean that space. I straighten up that space then I am clearing out the space in my brain um, and in my heart to sit back on, okay, what did I take in this week? What did I bring with me from room to room? And what room do I need to put it in um, so that I could sit with it and work with it and create something from it? And so that's a, like a really big visual for me is just being able to like, okay, sit in this room and do what needs to happen in this room, create what needs to happen with this project and then go to the next project. And that way we're not sitting there with these, these half pieces of unfinished things. And then we feel like a failure, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not that we failed anything. We just didn't finish. Um, and so coming back to that space of like finish something and it doesn't have to be something you put out. It doesn't have to be something that you're, that you're super duper proud of necessarily, but just in the sense that you completed that, that project and you never know when it could come back up. That's the biggest, beautiful part of creativity. It's so recyclable. Um, it could be so um, present and, and prominent for one moment, but not necessarily the moment you created it in. And you won't know that if it if it's hiding under your bed in your office because you're looking for it in your bedroom, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Wow, I loved that. It was so visual. So thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like cleaning your house with you and I was wondering what (laughs) candles you were lighting. I do the same exact thing. (laughs) It is creepy how much you just explained like exactly what I do. And also just like the, I just did a podcast last week on the chaos of your house, like matches chaos Mm, of your brain. So So I love that you just said that. That's amazing. Um, Okay, so what is something that you feel... Because I, I do believe that um, if people would just create or express that mm. a lot of what we're just dealing with, even in our lives, with stress, with mental health, with actual physical health, what is... I, I think a lot of it could be helped just through expressing or oh my gosh, putting our yeah. art out there. So what do you think is one thing that people could do that would immediately make themselves feel better every day about their self, self-worth and wow. their um, value to themselves? Yeah. Um, I just had a girl um, DM me asking, you know, what are practical steps for self-love? But even more so just to kind of paint the picture for you, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that art is healing. I wholeheartedly believe that art is powerful and that you don't need to be an artist and or creative in order to experience it and experience the healing power of it. Just the fact that we are human beings um, surrounded by music, surrounded by stories, surrounded by paintings. Um, we are immersed ourselves um, in art and creativity because there's some part of it that relates to just the sheer humanness of who we are. And I've seen that because I, I used to teach poetry as a teaching artist and I was working with um, incarcerated teens. And you think about the anger um, and and the heaviness that these teenagers carry because one they never really got to be kids um, two they don't feel like they're enough and their failures are are a result of that or their quote unquote mistakes are a result in that so when you get into a room and you tell a teenager to write a poem about their heart being a planet and what they would find on it and they look at you like I don't I don't have a heart or my heart's just black or there is nothing on the planet and and it starts to tell mm-hmm. you where where their heart is you know and in twofold we have so many creative wounds as adults um, because we've shut down the concept that it's not practical and that it's not real, that it doesn't make sense. So we've almost hindered ourselves from being able to naturally tap into that healing experience. Anyone can pick up a pen and write something down to paper. Um, and gratitude lists are huge parts of that. And that could be a twofold of like practical things. I'm, I'm, grat- I'm gracious uh, I'm grateful for my house, for the food, for my toilet paper. Um, I'm I'm grateful then for um, my my hands um, that they can hold people. I'm grateful for my feet that they can go somewhere. Um, and really, just using these grounding gratitude practices and um, that bring us back to really, really simple things and really beautiful things. That it's a beautiful thing that we could have feet that can take us somewhere. It's a beautiful thing that we have hands that can hold someone or be held by someone. And so utilizing those things. And then lastly, the the concept of, of the artist way. Um, it's this book and, and this curriculum almost. And she starts the book out with writing morning pages. And it's three pages of stream of conscious. Like the, before your feet even hit the ground, before you pick up Instagram, you grab a notebook. And I, I used to be really good at this. I probably should get back into it plenty of time too. And keeping a journal or something by your bed and literally just 
I had a weird dream or man, I can't really leave my house today, but can I go for a walk? I think my body needs to go for a walk, you know? And it's just these random things. And I've written so many poems from my morning pages because I'm sifting through chaos in my head um, and in my everyday life in order to find creativity. Um, and that's usually where where artists are birthed is out of, out of chaos, um, out of disorientedness, um, out of grief, out of sadness, because we have something to say about those things. And so... I think that is like a beautiful practice of just like pen to paper. There's something so simple about it and also so powerful about it of just writing things out, calling things what they are, calling out beautiful things and also putting to bed um, the truths that you don't need to carry. Mm. Oh my God, that's so good. And I, by the way, it's one of my favorite books. I love it. Yeah. I read it before I wrote my book. So that was really helpful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> along with Stephen Pressfield's um, The War. Yeah, The War of Art. Um, mm. Have you read that one yet? Mm-mm. Okay. You well, you have adding time. it to my list. <laughs> it is so good. It talks about the resistance before creativity. So I Ooh, just like good. loved the every war, second of it. War of art. Is yes. that what it is? Yes. Don't go, don't get the art of war. Get the war of art because that is also <laughs> a book. <laughs> really? Oh my gosh, that's funny. I love it. So what you just reminded me of, and and let's speak to this for a minute, because there are people listening who maybe don't feel like they're creative. And I have to tell you that I used to feel that way. I was like, okay, I was homeschooled through high school. I didn't do dance. I didn't do... like I wasn't in even classes for anything. I didn't think I could write. I just felt very vanilla. Like I was just like, I'm just someone who doesn't do anything. Like I yeah. I watch TV. Um, and that's just how I felt about myself. And I will tell you that my mm. self-worth was also very low because I believed I wasn't, mm. you know, creative. And mm. what ended up happening is later on I started I started just getting, like you said, being consistent and disciplined around these like containers. Like, could I write? Could I do this? And I've learned that when you keep showing up consistently for art, art will show up for you. And I think that you tap into something. I think we all have the ability, just like we can decide to say a prayer and connect to God or universe or whatever that is. I believe that you can connect to your creative, like a higher, whatever this is that's creative. Can you tell me about like what what that was for you? Because I know that you had to at some point, like you said, you know, you just grew up feeling like a creative, but that had to be nurtured somehow, that had to be somehow discovered, that had to be a moment where you were like, whoa, this just happened. Like Mm -hmm. what made you discover it and what made you realize you wanted to nurture it? Yeah, well, for me, it's like, I mean, as a kid, I... um, I naturally... Like when I say this was me, I mean, I would make up songs, plays, um, things like that Like as a kid. Was that like a... Um, yeah, well, they didn't. They didn't not nurture it. I okay. think what it is was they created a space for it, okay. and 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 I I expanded the space. <laughs> so <laughs> You're like, let um, me push these lines. Uh, yeah, just like as a kid, I uh, most of our videos, you know, our home videos, you can hear. I had a. I mean, I still have a pretty like deep raspy voice, but as a kid, I like really had a deep raspy voice, and you could just hear me in the background like, "Daddy, the camera, Daddy, look at me." Daddy, over here, you know? And then like twofold, it would be like me full on camera, boa, clicky plastic shoes, like little plastic (laughs) microphones. And I I would come out and my aunt likes to talk about all the time how I had an alter ego. Her name was Erica Wallace. And I called myself that. And she came out and she sang songs and she performed and she went to any elevated platform 
that I could find in the house that I was in or, or walking down the <laughs> stairs really dramatically. Like, so when I say this was like in me, it was like in, yeah. it was in me. And so it started there. My parents, you know, they didn't tell me, you know, stop being silly or, or what are you doing? It was very much so that's Ari, you know, like that's yeah. just, that's Ariel, you know? And, and then as that I got older, you know, I, I still would sing, I still would write things and I, I doodle, you know, things in my, in my notebooks, but I still went to regular schools. You know, I did academics and things like that, tried to play basketball. That was a fun time. And then in seventh grade, I actually, for my history class, our teacher who I really, in my head, she's very much so this Miss Frizzle woman um, that I have. And she, for our, our history project, we got to perform a, a Shakespeare play. And, and so we performed this Shakespeare play for our history project and I got to play Helena part two. And it was the best thing ever because (laughs) Demetrius was my like crush at the time. And so we got to like lay in a fake garden and I got to stare (laughs) in his eyes and it was wonderful. And so I didn't know this until much later, but my, my teacher had gone to my mom and she was like, this was just like an assignment, you know, and most of the kids did it, but like, there's something in her that you have to foster. Um, like you have to put her in the arts. And so it was that beckoning from my teacher where my mom was like, oh, okay, well then let's explore, you know, that more. And then shortly after that, we met um, this girl and her mom and she was attending um, the art school that I ended up going to. And so that next uh, semester I auditioned with a monologue I found online and I got in um, mm-hmm. and I was in a play within my first three weeks of being there. Um, and it just continued from there. And so um, they definitely created space, you know, for, for it to happen. And, and my parents are in ministry, so they're already not in the practical thing anyway. So it wasn't really like they could tell me not to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I kind of was set up to like pursue the crazy thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, and be okay with pursuing the crazy thing, partially because it's a huge part of who you are, mm-hmm. um, more so than it is what you're doing. And so I took that. I graduated from from my school. I did plays. I did um, monologues. Um, and, and then I started to do more more poetry a little later on. But I'd always written throughout that whole process. So I was writing monologues. I was writing short plays. I was writing scenes. Um, and then I was starting to write more poetry, but still in the perspective of these characters um, that I had the ability to step into um, and become almost. And then that turned into college. And I was like, okay, now is now is the real the real deal. This is when you do the real things. So I was like, I love theater. Um, I love storytelling, but I know that's not what it's going to be at the end of the day. So I need to add psychology too, because I want to learn mm. about people. And I knew that whatever capacity I worked in, that I was going to be dealing with people. And I wanted to learn psychology so that I can understand people better, so I could love people better. Um, and so I went into that. I, I double majored in a bunch of different things. Eventually I dropped theater altogether. Cause I was like, this is not what I'm going to do. I don't need this applause. Like I'm, I don't, I'm not competitive in all of these other students. This is their life. There's mm-hmm. this is their life. And I don't, I don't want to take that from them almost. So I'm going to just hand it over and walk away and so I finished my degree in psych with what looked like an emphasis in theater. Um, and then right after canceling is when poetry came into the picture. Mm-hmm. And it was this really wrestling moment where I was like, no, I'm not quote unquote supposed to be on stage. Why do I keep finding myself here um, then if that's not the case? And so I sat with poetry a little bit more because it was my own story. It was my own vulnerability. Um, it was my own ability to step into my shoes and to be authentic with my story. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, and then that kind of trickled into a competitive poetry team for two years and then leading the poetry club. And so it's almost like when you, when you said, you know, my, my friend says your art makes space for you. And I kind of interpret that like when you say yes, um, the universe or for me, God says, finally, you know, like you're, you're able to sit into what I have for you now. And, and that was to be an artist and it wasn't just to do art, um, but to be an artist, (laughs) um, and, and to embody that. And I ran from it up until my senior year. And then it was just kind of like, okay, let's take a year and figure this out. And so I've been freelance as a poet, speaker model for the past five years now. Um, and it definitely wasn't the plan. Um, I'm not an entrepreneur. I, I can't, I'm not very innovative. I just kind of am like, this feels right. Let's do that. Um, or that felt right. Let's say yes. Um, and, and that's really just how things have un, unfolded as they are. But I ran from it and then I couldn't anymore because it ultimately turned into me running from who I was. Hey everyone, just taking a quick minute here to remind you about something that I think is so important and that is hydration. You guys know that I'm obsessed. I am constantly drinking water every single minute of the day because I've added liquid IV to my water. It's been so helpful making sure that I stay hydrated, that I stay feeling really good. You guys know that hydration is actually a massive part of how your workouts are and how you're thinking. And I definitely have to use my brain and I definitely know I'm working out if you listen to this podcast so that I feel good. I feel mentally well. This all ties into it. So liquid IV is an amazing, easy, healthy solution for dehydration. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you faster and more efficiently than water alone. Especially if you guys are traveling, taking any vacations, going to the mountains, whatever that looks like. So each serving provides as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. Plus you guys, whenever I can get extra vitamin C, B3, B3, B5, B6, and B12, you know I am all about it. So if you're feeling dehydrated, if you've noticed your workouts aren't great, if you feel like your brain is foggy, it could be because you are not drinking enough water. And I don't know if you're like me, but I tell you this all the time. I'm like a toddler. I have to be like guided into, I have to be tempted. I have to be, um, my water has to taste delicious. It needs to taste good for me. So I'm telling you, liquid IV is what is going to help you drink more water. So you guys, if you want to boost your immunity, if you want all those extra vitamins, it's non-GMO, vegan and gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free. I'm telling you, it's the optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium. It helps deliver all the nutrients into your bloodstream. So you guys know that I'm going to give you a discount on this. This is why we do these sponsorships to bring you awesome things. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Target, Whole Foods, and Costco. Or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code HAPPY, capital H-A-P-P-Y, all caps at checkout. That's 25% off actually anything that you order when you use the promo code, all caps, H-A-P-P-Y, at liquidiv.com. 
Thank you for sharing that. And I think there might be a lot of people listening who are like, okay, I think I might have all of these, you know, because you just named a lot of very different things that you like to do that you're capable of doing that you explored, that you went there, you know, because you could have ignored a lot of the things that you had just said. You could have ignored Mm -hmm. a lot of those nudges. And I think, you know, for people listening, they might be like, well, how do I piece together a life like that? Like you have so many pieces. (laughs) So what are some ways that you... Because, you know, there can be for a lot of artists or people who are thinking of exploring it, they can feel very uncertain. So how do you piece together a life that feels like, yeah, this feels good for me? Well, first and foremost, know that in the uncertainty, it can still feel good and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I don't ever feel super stable. <laughs> um, I, that's just not... Do any of us? What, like, you yeah, know what I mean? As, yeah, what does that even mean? I Stability. <laughs> um, and, and so it's funny right now to think about, you know, a lot of people and, and things that are shutting down and shifting. I was like, I kind of love that I can still be like, I'm an artist, but like no one is safe. Like no job is safe. Like you would think, obviously a lot of my work was the first, you know, to kind of get um, postponed or canceled or whatever. But at the same time, we all wound up kind of in the similar boat. Um, And it was like, okay, all right, this is this is a cool moment for full-time artists because I'm kind of in the same place as people who do go into work right now, you know? And so that was like a really cool moment to be like, okay, we're n- none of us are really stable. So now that going into this, you can't go into it seeking stability because that will get pulled from underneath you like a rug really quick every time in a different season. Mm-hmm. Um the thing though is I, I say that I feel like a human tornado about 99.9% of the time. Um, and then that 1% is like, haha, I got it. And then everything changes all over again in a second. And you're like, all right, I'm back to the tornado part. But that's, I don't know if I could live anything but this right now. Um, I didn't go into any type of full-time job. I mean, right after college. And I think that was on purpose because if I had, I would have never left um, because that left part of my brain would sit there and be like, what do you mean we're leaving our benefits? Mm. And every two weeks, no, 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 no. And um, my right brain would be like, you know what? You're right. We can still write and create here, you know? And so I wasn't, I wasn't ever given the permission or the space to be comfortable um, and to stay there. Um, I was thrown into it in the best possible way. And my first year I worked six jobs. I was working for a startup company um, in their house. I was working for Drama Juice. I was babysitting. I was dropping errands and running errands for people who just Venmoed me $30 for gas. I was just whatever I could grab. And then I worked for a poet for a short amount of time. And that ended in a lot of legal things, a lot of really messy, uh, a lot of grieving things because I thought um, she has it all together. She has it. She's figured it out and she hadn't. And um, being under her, um, I learned a lot about who I didn't want to be and how I didn't want to orchestrate myself. And then I had to reorient all over again. So then we're back to five jobs. And it really only is in this last year that I've been able to narrow it down to just two consistent things. And, and for me, it doesn't feel like a lot, I think, because of that first part of my journey, having so many different things. But what those did was create a web mm-hmm. because at the startup company, I was running their social media. I was learning about hashtags. I was learning how to create flat lace so that my best friend could go around and photograph them. I was hiring models and styling them. Um, and, and I was learning 
not knowing at that time, I was learning exactly what I would be doing for myself mm. two, three years later. Um, me knowing about photography and me knowing about lighting was so that I could then have more information when I came to directing and creating my own content. Um, me meeting the people that I met during my time working for that poet was so that I could know who to stay away from. Yeah. I could know how to negotiate with for myself. Um, I could know how to how to pitch myself and how to own my art. And so there was all these different moments that I realized, oh, this is all coming together and you can't see my hands right now, but I'm, I'm interlacing both my palms um, mm. because what it did was create this web underneath me that I could then bounce off of, mm. um, that my, my work and my art can then be propelled off of. And so it may seem random, um, but it's not. It may seem all over the place, and it is. But at the same time, those, those little um, pieces, if you will, are just kind of coming together um, in order to create this really beautiful web underneath you to launch off of whatever it is you're trying to launch. And, and in the moment, it may not make the most sense, but later you'll be like, ah, mm-hmm. that, I see it now. You know, I see it now. Mm. I love that. It reminds me of that Steve Jobs quote, you can't connect the dots looking forward. It's only backward. Right. Like you just truly, mm-hmm. like when you're in it, you're just like, this is not what I want to be doing. This is so <laughs> stupid or horrible or oh my God. But you yeah. are so right. Like everything good that I've learned is like, oh, okay. That was, let's extract that now. So sometimes you can't extract yeah. it while you're in it, but you'll be able to get something freaking amazing from it later on. Yes, um, Okay, so... Uh, there are like, I'm writing down these different directions that I want to go and ask you questions because you have so many just interesting things about you. Um, <laughs> number number one, my alter ego needed to meet yours when she was little because mm. <laughs> mine was Becky Leaves and she was a yes. secretary and she needed some Erica Wallace in her life. So... Yes! <laughs> I'm like, that's the most boring, like, but I was always Becky Leaves and I was always someone's secretary. So (laughs) that's so funny. Yeah, clearly I needed to meet Erica. Um, (laughs) So I'm glad we're meeting now. Uh, (laughs) um, Next, I want to know, how do you teach poetry? Like, how do you go into these places and teach poetry? What are some things that you could teach us right now? Okay. Um, so I usually always, I mean, first and foremost, I, I always do the prompts um, with my students and I always share with my students because I can't expect them to show up, be vulnerable, be, vo- be open and not do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have like lots and lots of prompts that I, I lesson plan around. I also know that um, because of my psychology background, I know that most likely within a school context and especially within a teenage contents, there's going to be auditory learners, kinesthetic learners, and visual learners. Um, so I'm going to try to create lesson plans that interlace all of those things mm. um, for them to see, for them to do with the, their own hands, and then maybe for them to move and embody it themselves. Um, so I will start with uh, doing actual physical movements. I'll have them shake out their hands. So like five, four, three, two, one, five, four, three, two, one, and then their legs, five, four, three, two, one. I'll have them shake out. I'll have them breathe. I'll have them yell sometimes mm-hmm. if, if depending on the context I'm in. 
And then I have them sit down and I have them do a page of, of a stream of conscious. Mm. Um, just write whatever it is that's in your head right now. Your dream, the last fight you had with someone, the last conversation you had, um, what this me, why I'm yelling at you right now, why I'm telling you to do this, you know, write down whatever. And then we'll go into your prompt and prompts could be anything around what we're watching. So there's lots of beautiful spoken word out there. And, and one of my favorites to show is um, Sarah Case TED Talk. And she talks about the origin of spoken word. She mm. talks about the origin of poetry. So it's a little bit of a lesson, but it's also her doing poetry as well. And so I'll lace that into it. And as a teaching artist, a lot of times the, the organizations I'm working for, they have their own curriculums. I didn't really follow them, but I did piece um, parts <laughs> of it because there were themes that were super beneficial. So some of the things were about um, like friendship. Some of the things were about what is what does it mean to be a father? What does it mean to leave a legacy? Mm. You know? And so I'll listen to, I'll let them listen to a Hamilton song mm. and I'll ask yes. them, what does a legacy mean? What does that look like to you? Um, do you feel like you, you're leaving a legacy? Um, are you leaving one now? Um, if so, what is it? Do you want to leave one? If so, what will it be? And, and navigating through that. So prompts are like my favorite. So a great one is um, if you could tell anything to the world right now in a five-minute speech, what would it be mm. and why? Like if you had the opportunity to stand on a platform and say whatever you wanted to the whole world, what would you say in those five minutes? And I allow the permission to have whatever form they want to have. So it doesn't have to be like a poem, how I'll write it. And I'll show them how I write my own poems, which are usually pretty, pretty short um, stanzas and linear. Um, some of them are very long paragraph writers. Some of them are more story-based. Some of them are more rap, um, which is really cool too. And in some settings, we'll, we'll record it if they're excited about it, if they're proud of it. And so the last company I worked with, they gave me recording equipment mm. that we could record what they created in class. And so um, a prompt like that, especially like, you know, having the opportunity to say something to the world. I think we all kind of wish to some capacity at one point in time that we could have the opportunity to do that. And if so, what would we say? And, and then twofold, even now, okay, what are we saying? And then how does that relate back to the legacy that we're trying to leave? And the legacy we're trying to live. And is a legacy something that happens while we're living or after we're living? Mm. Um, and what does that look like? And so those are kind of the conversations. And I lo a lot of it is just, I propose a question to them. Um, we have conversation and then we write from that question. Mm. Oh my God, I love that. Like that's actually, you just inspired me for like dinners and get togethers and <laughs> wine. Yeah. And we, yeah. yeah, so much fun. We actually wrote some poetry this last um, type of like get together that we did. It was amazing. Like we just drank wine and talked about uh, Leonardo da Vinci and then wrote poetry about it. It was freaking so up, like good. listened to opera and then wrote poetry. Um, so good. <laughs> it was wine poetry. So, you know, some were quite funny, <laughs> but I how fun. It. Like, I, I love that you just shared that because I hope that people listening like actually do that. Do that with your friends. Yeah. Do that with your family. Do that with like, create something around it. I can't tell you how much I just feel like people, we we don't fully understand what connection is until we do things like that together and get really right. vulnerable and show those parts to each other and share them. Like those are right. moments that you just, you just shared something that can completely change the way people connect and families are and things that you do and and just make things more meaningful. Like we don't have mm -hmm. to sit around a box and, and watch television 
as a family. Like we can actually connect and do fun things. So thank you for that. That just like inspired me more than I can possibly tell you. Um, (laughs) So what is your favorite prompt for you? Because I want you, I would love if you'd be open to sharing some of your poetry. Like what feels fun for you right now? Yeah. Well, right now I'm like writing a lot about just what I'm processing Mm -hmm. (laughs) about um, being in a space of being able to create and and show up and um, be really intentional with the things that I'm creating and like uh, and at the same time in this space of like of grieving um, my fiance and I are we're we're getting married in May but just not the way we thought we were going to Mm -hmm. Um, and so a lot of that shifting. But for me, my conversations usually always come down to creativity, body positivity, faith, and what it means to be a woman mm. um, and what it means to be a, a woman in this in this skin and in these bodies that we live in. And so I think right now, the, the poem I think of all the time, which I'm like hoping to like get recorded and, and put out because why not? Um, mm-hmm. And it's called uh, Magic. And then in parentheses, it's called In Your Bones. Mm. And it's a poem, I say spilling instead of of writing, um, because a lot of times it's like this, this overflow that mm. happens and not really this like constructed process that happens. And um, I get the same with music. So I'll get just random like melodies in my head every once in a while. And most times they won't be words. They'll just be mm. like a hum. Um, and so I was driving with my fiance one day and I just started um, humming and he was like, what are you singing? I was like, I don't know, but shh, you know, and then I, start, I, I start recording it and eventually it just like loops and loops and loops. And I eventually the words, there's magic in your bones, there's magic in your eyes, it's magic swimming all around. In your mind, there's magic in you. There's magic in me. There's magic in us. If only we believe. And then the poem actually goes into um, an exercise that I did with my students. I had them write an I am poem that broke down into ingredients. So explain who you are, but throw... Uh, a full cup of sass in there mm. or a quarter of um, intellect. And so for mine, it, it was, I am one third poet. I am two fourth perfectionist. I am imperfect, chaotic, frazzled, and indecisive. I can be moody and negative, self-deprecating and hypocritical. I advocate for the beauty and importance of everyone else. And I sometimes, I sometimes deny my own. I am often thinking that I won't measure up. I won't achieve any other level of success. Most days, most days I feel like a fraud. Like people will look behind my curtain and find a mess of a woman and they will not love me like still. I love like still, like ocean always coming back to shore, simply hoping to be loved in return. I am in love for the first time in my life and it is terrifying and beautiful all at once. I'm becoming slowly unwinding into who I've always been meant to be. It's like meeting a distant and yet long for a piece of you that has always reminded you of home. I am home to one too many emotions, to fantasies and dreams that seem as realistic as fairy dust. I sometimes, I sometimes still believe in magic, hope that it's tucked in the wings of a butterfly or maybe in the dimples of a really chunky baby in the colors of a sunset or the way that he looks at me and they may call me something like foolish. 
28 years old and still believing in magic. But what, what if the thing we're most afraid of is not that it doesn't exist, but that it's lived inside of us all this time and we called it foolish? Well, then call me foolish because I could see it swimming in my veins. And every time I take a breath, magic tucked on the tip of my tongue, it is no wonder why these words are sometimes the most necessary healing I've come to know. So call us foolish, because I could see it swimming in your veins. And every time you take a breath, magic tucked into your very existence, so much so that your breath is a miracle. And you are a miracle. There's magic in your bones. It's magic in your eyes. It's magic swimming home around in your mind. There's magic in you. There's magic in me. There's magic in us. If only we believe. That is so beautiful. Oh my gosh, you, I think the most beautiful part about when people express is it reminds you that there is something, um, it's like a mirror for yourself when you know you have Mm -hmm. something in you. And it's just, it's like I get to experience you (laughs) while fully experiencing me. If I can remember that we are all connected and we are all, just like you said, we are all magical. Mm. And I was just listening to you with like sheer awe of just, how we can be as humans when we allow ourselves to be expressed. And I'm so grateful that you have removed the, <laughs> you know, the, the lid for the most part off yeah. of yourself. Mm, that's good. Yeah. I think I'm trying. There's, there's a, a, a fine line too, because I think as creatives, we've really um, learned how to be uh, vulnerable um, while still being able to protect parts mm-hmm. of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also there's a twofold where there's just this unrelenting that happens where we expose all of us, you mm-hmm. know, and we, we step back and we're like, man, I didn't mean to do that, but I really needed to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are my favorite moments. Those are my favorite poems. And um, yeah, it's been a really beautiful process to, to balance the two because um, you work in a field where people hear your stuff and, and see your Instagram and they're like, we know you, um, you know, and, and finding that balance of like, you don't, but you know, a really big part of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm super honored um, to let you into that space, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so true. So I listened to a podcast this morning and the guy was saying that he won't publish anything unless it scares him and he questions if people Mm. will like him afterward. And that's how he knows his stuff is going to be felt and good. Wow. And I was like, oh shit, that's scary. Um, (laughs) That's incredible. Yeah, that's um, so good. Is there a part of you that you are afraid of sharing? Like if you were to share something um, Mm. about yourself... And you had to go back to it the next day and you worried the entire time, like, will people still like me? What would that be that you would have shared? Wow. Yeah. I think for me, a lot of it is just being the oldest child, um, having to kind of always be the example, whether that's for my siblings, but now it kind of feels like just for the world in general, or or specifically for the for the world and social media space that I've I've created, you know, and that I've had. And so the next book I'm I'm actually writing, which is my first book without 
collaborating with other people um, is called the unfolding. Mm. Um, and it's a lot of a lot of those parts of me where I'm like, okay, this is very much so me now living and breathing. Um, but it doesn't look like um, maybe who I was. Um, and so how do you allow that permission for those parts of you to unfold? And, and to become new. And so a lot of it is just like, just how I view kind of everything right right now. I'm just like, what does it mean to be a creative? You know, what does it mean um, to be in a relationship? What does it mean to be um, a Christian today? And it, like just all of it um, is, is unfolding for me um, and shifting and growing for me. But I feel even more so aware of myself. I feel even more so experiencing a lot of like freedom and being able to just be like, this is, is me in this present moment. I think this is the fullness of who I am and who I'm supposed to be right now. Um, and really leaning into that and, and not being afraid of, of the things that unfold because, you know, I, I have, I love flowers. Those are like my visuals for a lot of things. And I went to a sunflower field once and it was around sunset. And so you started to watch literally the sunflowers um, rotate themselves towards the sun as the sun began to set. And it was like this really Mm. beautiful moment of like, oh man, like why don't we give ourselves the permission to rotate when this, where the sun is. Mm. Um, And that then fold is just the permission to, to lean where we need to lean um, and to grow how we need to grow in that present moment. And and allowing that permission, you know, and so that's kind of where where I'm at right now. That's just the next book. I'm kind of like, oh, I might lose some people, you know, from this. Um, I might, and that's okay, um, because I'm a I'm a big person in believing that like whatever season we had with each other, it served, mm-hmm. and now it's over. Yes, um, and and I'm okay with that. So mm. yeah. I just pray everybody got that because that is uh, that is I just. That is a truth, which I'm going to get into a couple of questions here, just some rapid fire about what mm-hmm. truths you know. But that is a truth for me that I know that's how it, it seems counterintuitive, but I wish that we could all understand that we, if we were very present, we would be able to just drop into the moments with each other. This might be yeah. the only moment that I ever get to have with you. And right. I don't feel sad about it because mm-hmm. I know that I'm not living in the future of, does she like me? Does she not? Does she? I hope that we can be friends. Like, I hope all right. of those things. And I'm right here, like just basking in the way that your brain thinks. So mm-hmm. I just wish that we all could just like let the moments happen, good or bad. And then yeah. know that the next moment is the next moment with the next person. Like, yeah. I think as women, we like to carry everyone with us, especially if we feel, Man, you know, I used to yeah. feel connections and be like, oh, I felt connected to her. How can I fit her right. in my already crammed life? You know? Right. Yeah. No, that's so real. Yeah. Mm, it's crazy. So yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you for that. Just kind of like yeah. letting that, letting that be, letting that stay yeah. there if it if it's not meant to carry on to the next phase of your life. So, mm-hmm. okay, let's see. I would love to hear some truths because I'm I'm just in, okay. in love with your brain. So <laughs> what is a truth that you have learned about relationships for you? This is not a world wow. truth. It's a you truth. Yeah. Well, 
I am a, um, a very individualistic person. Um, I like being by myself. In fact, like my whole conversation in Instagram before body positivity was really about um, singleness and owning that um, and sitting in that. And now I am just like so baffled because I have such a we mindset. Mm. And and one of the things you know I was like talking to my fiance about because I was processing. Uh, it was like oh about bank accounts and merging and all this stuff, and I was like wrestling with like, you're taking my autonomy. You're, you're taking my autonomy, (laughs) which is like, wasn't, it wasn't what he was trying to do at all. And so I had to then realize this beautiful, um, melding that's happening. And I still am very much so my own person and he's very much so still his own person. Um, but now we, we, we are, we, you know, um, and we don't stand alone anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that's the beautiful, part, beautiful part of it. And so that's how I really knew that I was like in love with him is when I I couldn't just make I statements anymore mm-hmm. about my life or about my future. Um, like it was very easy to be like, oh yeah, well we could do that. Like I we should move to Atlanta, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like we should do this. And 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 I I was like, oh snap, you know, which is a huge part of our our wrestling at first because I just I was so hesitant to let him in. And he was like, I just want to feel like I'm on your team. I want to feel like we're on the same team. And, and that was the, the work I really had to do of like, we are on the same team, you know, and you're not trying to take away my individuality or what makes me unique or beautiful. Um, you're trying to um, enhance those things. And so I think that's the beauty of a relationship is this really complementing um, meshing that happens and it doesn't subtract or um, diminish anyone, but it just enhances everything, which is really beautiful. Mm, thank you. What is the truth for you around like business and career as far as being taken care of or paid for um, stepping into your purpose? Mm. A truth right now is that, oh man, I'm not even seeing this out loud. I'm like, I'm thinking it and I'm like, mm, I'm not going to say it, but I'm going <laughs> to say it. The, tr- <laughs> the truth right now is just is monetarily valuing um, what I bring to the table, which mm-hmm. is really hard uh, for me, um, just for various reasons, and and asking mentors and things like that, like, okay, if I were to do this, how much would you quote that? And mm-hmm. the numbers they give back to me, and I'm like, you would pay for that that much? <laughs> yeah. And so I'm really the truth for me is is my work is is worth that monetary value. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not um, valuable because of the monetary. Um, it is valuable in itself, um, which is deserving of the monetary. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that is kind of the, the truth I am. And especially now of like postponed and canceled things, I'm like, I'm sorry, but like the rates are coming at the mm-hmm. end of this just because it's like I have to make up. Mm-hmm. And I also am realizing like in this stillness and in this space of rest and creating, um, I am, I, it, my work is deserving of that monetary value. So yeah. Mm. Oh, I love that yeah. so much. And especially I know that creatives really struggle in that area. Not just let's let's face it, it's not creatives. I'm I'm in rooms consistently anyone, with right? everyone. Yeah. And this is the yeah. number that is the number one fear is I am scared to charge this. I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. valuable or worthy, especially for people in the beginning phases. And 
you know, I think for so many creatives, I can tell you that is as much as I have had mentors and coaches who've helped me in strategy and I've paid so much money for strategy, I also pay equal amounts for people who can shift my perspective and crack things in me open that I didn't That's have amazing. access to. So, That's so great. Yeah. I think it's like when people can learn that strategy means nothing without it's the content in the frame, right? Like yeah. either they don't live alone, they live together. Yeah. So um, and just by you valuing what you do, it actually makes us show up for that type of coaching and cracking. So mm-hmm. um, that's so powerful. So I think that's yeah. absolutely beautiful. So um, I could talk to you all day. I have <laughs> many, many questions I had written down that I did not get to. So who knows? Maybe we get to like just intertwine in the future. Um, but I it. just want to say thank you. And I know that... Um, you know, you had the same impact on everybody listening that you had on me because I mm-hmm. feel um, just tapped more tuned into my own self. And just the reminder yeah. to, you know, we have some space right now to create. And it's yeah. not, it's create, being creative is not a waste. It is one of the most valuable things that you will ever do. Um, it mm-hmm. will flow through. It's like the golden thread through everything that you'll put out into the world and who you yeah. be out in the world. It is, it is magnetism. So, I just feel like you are a magnet out in the world. So thank you so much for Mm, showing up and being brave and sharing in the way that you do. And I always end on one last question. But before we do that, I just want to make sure everybody can find you, follow you, know when your book is coming out, all of those things. Yeah. So everything is Ariella Storia on Instagram and website and Twitter and SoundCloud and iTunes and Spotify and Amazon as well. Awesome. Okay. So my last question is... Um, let's see. What is my last question? Okay, here it is. <laughs> I've only <laughs> asked it 500 episodes. Okay. So you're in an elevator with someone. It's a total stranger. The elevator ride is literally like five floors. So like 30 seconds. And they look at you and they say, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Man, whew, that's a good one. First, I would say, do you want to make yourself happy? Or do you want to exist in happiness? Mm. I think those are different things. When we make ourselves do things, we can't stay that way. Mm. So how then do you carry an attitude and a lifestyle, not just of happiness, but of contentment? Mm. And can and that you find joy? Mm. Dang, that's good. All right. So I want to be in an elevator with you as well. Okay. <laughs> so you guys, Thank if you... you. <laughs> These are great. I have lots of elevator questions for you now. Okay. So you guys, if you loved this episode as much as I did, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make sure that you text it right now to a friend, especially if you have a friend who's struggling with putting their creation or art out into the world or someone who is just sitting there does not know what to do during this time. This is going to be a beautiful podcast to help crack them open. Um, And the second thing is, you guys, you can totally show somebody how much you appreciated the value that um, Ariel just gave by taking us on social media in your stories and letting us know your biggest takeaway from this podcast. And also by doing that, you share with your friends uh, that they can get a little dose of this goodness as well from the same podcast. So you guys, I'm always so, so grateful um, for you sharing this because that's how it gets out in the world. So until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. 
Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring, and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back. And I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. 
Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you wanna create on a course or webinar and bam, it just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're gonna customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this. And now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. <laughs> 